0: Welcome back baby faces. Victor Villain here, alongside with Mischief and Old School Joe. We back with another exclusive for you. Tonight we're gonna be interviewing the legendary OVW trainer, the always controversial, the hustler, Rip Rogers. Now here's the thing. Normally we get you guys your normal fix and you know we hook you up with a great intro or whatnot. But this is what happens when Skype acts up and won't connect, making us about mm, I'm saying a minute late to talk to my boy Rip. (laughs) But no worries, man. Intro or none, we're giving you the hustler himself, Rip Rogers. Check it out. (laughs) Oh, Rip fucking Rogers. How you doing? Well, I just got off the fucking shitter because you're fucking late. Usually somebody tells me they call me at seven
1: o'clock, seven oh one, I say fuck him and block him. If you ain't on time with
0: me, fuck you Oh man Hey, That's
1: fucking bullshit You need to fucking call early and get your shit set up you you know, right?
2: Rip, You're absolutely right That's all fuck up Don't, fuck
1: agree, with me. don't, don't agree with me You asshole my ass. <laughs> <laughs> <fucker>. <laughs> Fucking <Martin>. <laughs> <laughs> fuck no, height,
0: no, Mark thanks, thanks for the time man. Thanks for the time uh, I'm Vic uh, You've been speaking to Mischief Um, and Joel, old school Joe's with us as well.
1: Hey, Rip. Okay. I can't remember. I can't remember to zip my pants up. Let her remember names. So, fucking (laughs) Curly, Larry, Curly, Larry, and Moe. Let's go. That's perfect. Let's do it. That's perfect. Well, is this fucking, uh, is this rated X or what the fuck is this?
0: Whatever
2: you want to say. And I'd be a fool to censor you. You do what you damn well please.
1: Well, I got kicked off fucking uh, Sirius Radio. It's, it's the way the world is. The world's going to destroy itself. You, call, you can't call a fat ass a fat ass. You can't call anybody anything. Somebody might get fucking butt hurt. I, I, I can't wait to go to fucking war and everybody's a fucking pussy. And they're not allowed to fucking say anything or shoot anybody. That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> then you so die. Fun,
2: With that being said, Rip, like, do you <laughs> feel like there's like... Just like this PC culture that that consumes not just wrestling but everything else, like like, and you see it so much in wrestling.
1: Well, fuck, we run we run the wrestling business our own self, so there ain't nothing we can say about it. The whole world ruined them fucking selves, so uh, I'm just waiting to fucking die anyway. So who gives a fuck?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel like? So you said you feel like the wrestling business
1: is in the shitter. What? Why? Why would you say that? Okay, the wrestling business is in the shitter. Oh, excuse me. There used to be about 20 fucking, 20-some places to work in the United States and Canada, full-time territories. Me and my buddies could work wrestling, and now now how many jobs are there? Now how many places to work are there? That's the answer right fucking there. Then you see Uh, the same goddamn shit on TV. Some guys are on TV 15 years in fucking row. Jesus Christ. How many times you got to see a goddamn Elvis concert? uh, Now, now, let's go back. Oh, and why is the wrestling business on fire? Oh, it's on fire, baby. Yeah. Fucking Memphis used to average 8,000 people a week on a Monday night, a school night, a work night. Now the big boys can't go there twice a year and draw what they would do 52 weeks a year why we destroyed our fucking business yeah you got this they, they're sick of hearing your old ass god damn they want to hear fucking me so that i can get you some goddamn people to say i hate that motherfucker that's great and it's better for you right you just want clicks and hits right, <laughs> damn right. hell yeah hell no yeah okay, what? what'd you have to say what'd you have to say now off. <laughs> <Fuck them all. laughs>
2: <laughs> no, just to your point, like the WWE consumed all the territories and now like, man, uh, you don't feel like these other companies that are coming up uh, have any sort of uh, uh, possibility of re- renewing th- that kind of territory feel? Oh,
1: uh, okay. Name one.
2: Uh Impact Wrestling. There's MLW. I mean, hey, you know, you can't compete with the WWE. They're They're just so right. big but in terms hey, of, hey, l- kind of
1: okay look at look at it this way okay they got a nation- they got a nationwide television deal right yes pretty much and what do they run four shows a month maybe
2: Well, impact back- probably
1: i'm talking about working for bill watson one uh, one week i had uh 10 matches 10 different shows to work usually in the wrestling business you work every day of the year except new year's eve and christmas eve Oh, they had to work Christmas. I'm butt hurt. Shit, that was your biggest payday of <laughs> the year. Are you kidding? Every fucking Christmas show was good because people want to get the fuck out of the house because they don't want to sit there with their fucking sibling fucking relatives and shit. It's fucking real. Thanksgiving and Christmas, let me get the fuck out of this motherfucking house and go watch some rats and swats so and sit at home with all these motherfucking relatives. I goddamn hate. Gee whiz.
0: do <laughs> you think they get a payday now, today, all working New Year's and, and, and Christmas? Like oh, how it was back then. You say it was a big payday yeah. back then. I'm sure it was different. No, you know, I, I never, said, you I never know. said
1: I didn't say New Year's. I said Christmas. Christmas Eve. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas Eve. Christmas. Oh. Not, not Eve, no. No, no. No, no. no. no, Christmas or never New Year's Eve. Oh. Okay? But thanks, Thanksgiving was always a big day. Christmas was always a big day. And New Year's could be a big day, but everybody be drunk. They'd be hungover and shit. Going <laughs> to get the fuck out of the house, too. They knew they weren't going to be working uh work day you know what i mean
0: that's like just
1: think just think it's like if you was working in the tampa territory you'd, every tuesday to be tampa every wednesday would be my fucking miami right and right. that's just two of the weekly towns like was working for fuller birmingham was was every monday okay and like uh uh pence Cole was tuesdays okay if you was working for uh you knew uh uh memphis was on monday louisville was on tuesday and evansville was on wednesday you had weekly towns with with people continually coming back and back and back and back and drawing big ass people with fans and everything. I mean, it was just it was just so nice. And then you had all the women there, right? Shit, if she was a babyface, you'd have you have a hundred you'd have a hundred women waiting for you when the match is over. Buying shit, giving you shit, giving you food, giving you giving you anything you wanted. We'll just read between the lines on that.
0: Uh, how many ring <laughs> you had back then, man? I know you ripped it. The- <laughs>
1: When wrestling was wrestling, it was unbelievable. <laughs> it
0: was the insane. heels didn't have it quite so
2: good back then. They weren't getting all those what? meals. They were getting their tires slit. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I,
1: I was, I was the heel. You know, if you was a good guy, and my God, who in the world would? Okay, now, now the good guys would get all they get, they get all the good shit. They get the hot women. stuff. the heels would get the freaks. You know what I mean? Which was good. And <laughs> the heels would get their tires slit. But, the, but the hell. The babyface is just some goofball that stands in the middle of the fucking ring and does what he's told by the fucking – the heel's the goddamn star of the fucking show. I mean, to get mentally stimulated, you you're controlling this whole audience as the fucking heel. And and them booze are better than fucking cheers. And when you can make them motherfuckers believe in that little fucking skinny baby face that ain't worth a shit. And you make them think he can kick your ass and you're a real chicken shit and they hate you. That, what a fucking, you, you got a fucking half heart on walking out there and fucking, and when you get that fucking three candy and you're some bitch, goddamn exploding. What a fucking, what a feeling that is to control that goddamn audience. And the fucking there, I'm going to kill you, I hate you. Oh, now they're, now they're, now they're smart though. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you.
0: <laughs> was it, was it like a, a risk, a thrill, like a, did it, a rush that you got? thinking, hey, maybe, you know, maybe one of these fans, crazy fans might get me one of these days. And, you know, it's a a question.
1: They better be worried about me getting them. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Fuck them. (laughs) I remember in Puerto Rico, twice on TV, I went up at the stands after some guys, you know, because you show them any fear, they're going to get your – hell in Durban, South Africa. I was working against Tiger G. Singh. We had fucking riots three fucking Saturday nights in a row, goddamn Durban. They're throwing fucking chairs. Got fucking knife. What a fucking rush it was, Jesus! I remember. And I remember the one time. another time. I said, what a fucking place to die, uh, uh, <laughs> Sanger, South Africa. Holy moly! That might as well be Harlan, Kentucky.
2: <laughs> so, what was your? What's the best story you got uh, of just like ending a night with all that heat?
1: Oh fuck! This is. You got so many stories, and you can go up and so any fucking tangents it you, you can't get going. It's like shit I, I did one fucking seminar and I started out the first three hours they'd ask me a question and I'd start fucking talking. Pretty soon three hours is up we hadn't done that because I've been telling stories. But all the people want to hear is the fucking stories, you know? Shit. <laughs> and the rest of business, we all the craziest motherfuckers in the world. Jesus Christ! We just don't want to get a fucking real job, and you don't want to fucking grow up. And who in the hell does want to grow up? Jesus Christ! When you, I'm 65 motherfucking years old, and when I broke into business, I was like 22. So in my mind, I'm still I'm still tw- 22 fucking years old. The things I relate to, I'm still 22 fucking years old. It's fucked up, but that's the way it is, and that's what I am. Can't help it.
2: So you talk in your book, right, um, or the book uh, Caleb Hall wrote about you um
1: I had him at OBW years ago and you can get, Hey, you can get my book on Amazon and you can follow me on, tw- on Twitter at Hustler 2754. And you can watch me on Roku on Jarrett Parsons wrestling, where I host the ICW segment. How's that? If you uh, didn't hear me, get my book, get my book at Amazon, follow me on Hustler 2754. Uh, Watch me on Roku TV. Uh, That's uh, Jarrett Parsons on the ICW program. How's that?
2: That's amazing. And the book, um, the book on pro wrestling lessons from Rip Rogers is a tremendous book. Your chapter on heel work uh, was really insightful. Um, But you talk specifically and repeatedly about a bump card, right? That everyone's just got a certain number of bumps in them.
1: Yeah, you You got so many bumps and then you're done. Uh, let's just say you have got ten thousand bumps in your career, right? Cool. Now you can use up ten thousand the first three years if you want. Then all of a sudden you start getting fucking crippled, and you can't fucking move, whatever, blah blah blah, and you're twenty-five years old. Or you can learn how to fucking work and sell bumps more, or threaten to bump like Honky Tonk Man. You do that, and you and you can fucking uh uh work a full career. And uh, have minimal aches and pains, because when you're old, you're old anyway. You're fucked up, so it don't make any difference.
0: Rip, I'm I'm glad you brought up those aches and pains, man. How how do you specifically feel about the whole situation with WWE's medical benefits and and how they're they're non-existent, basically?
1: Well, uh, they are what you might call it. Uh, what do you call it? You're you're not an employee, right? Uh, uh, Independent contractor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, in other words, now let's not tell you. Now, I'm not going to tell you that they don't take care of you. You know what I mean? They're just right. not. They're just not paying that premium. Premium for you. Okay. So, if, if you would, let's say you hurt your knee and you was out for nine months, they would pay all your bills. You wouldn't have nothing to worry about, and you get your downsized guarantee. Okay. Okay. It ain't and uh, yeah. So. I had that medical insurance my whole fucking uh, since I was 22 to fucking how how whatever the fuck I was and used it a couple times. Well, I didn't want to use it because the goddamn premium would go up begin with, right?
0: Oh, okay, okay,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh huh. And so you know, I, I broke my elbow, didn't let I broke my hand, didn't get nothing done to it. Tore my fucking quad, it's still fucking torn. Didn't even go to the goddamn doctor. Guys were a bit tougher then. I never oh. missed a match because of illness or injury. Now, I might have known somebody when I said, fuck you, I ain't going, fuck you. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> as, far, as far as illness or injury, no. Always made always made the show and worked my ass off. Mm. That's like I tore my quad. I was wrestling in England. with it's Regal. In 1992, I fucking slipped. There was some fucking beer on the outside. I slipped, caught myself, my quad popped, boom, it sunk all the way to the bone. He said, holy Shit. fuck, we got to go home. We, were, we went 40 minutes. I said, we'll just work. I'll do a comedy routine. That's called you know how to work. Oh, my God. If we didn't get our spots in, fuck your motherfucking spots. What's the, go- <laughs> What's the goddamn finish? If you're winning, if you're winning, I'm taking more. And vice versa if it's the other way around. It's pretty fucking simple.
2: Right, and you talk We've about been- that. Managing the match well, in the moment. You're not a fan of like choreographed matches at all.
1: Okay, well, no, that's the way it all used to be. And everybody understood it. It's like uh but he, but here's he, here here's what here's what could happen. Okay, you got a or you got an 11 minute segment. Okay, you go through fucking grill, they say, Oh, cut it to eight. You start to get in the fucking ring as your music's playing. They said, Oh, now cut it to three. The referee's fucking ward He said, the bell rings, go home. Now what do I do? If I know what to do. I can handle every fucking situation there is. These greenhorns can't. They don't have a fucking clue. The mm-hmm. business has been destroyed, so they don't understand. They haven't even seen this shit. Fuck, we, brought, we was brought up separate dressing rooms. A lot of times the ref would tell you to finish in the ring, go past 25 after the bell rings, and to finish the backslide you got it go i know what you can do as a baby face and i will not make you look stupid i will highlight your strengths anything you can't do i won't i will say okay don't do it or if you don't if you have a fear, if you have no confidence in doing something that's okay I, that's okay I, I know another way to get to the end of the rainbow we don't have to do this there's eight different ways to get there that i know just relax kid we want to get in, get out. Don't get hurt and live to fight another day. Because in the old days, you might you might miss a show. The second one they keep you off. Off the third one they just fire you. Show must go on. You're you're shit out of luck. So somebody did some stupid move to you. They wanted to get their fucking shit in like a fucking mark, and they have no business about uh, this is a work and we are protecting each other. I would rather hurt myself than to hurt somebody. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Not worried about getting my shit in. Your fucking push is determined by the boss, the fucking pencil. If you can do everything, move there is. It doesn't matter. If you don't want you to, that's the way it is. Just get your goddamn check that don't bounce, save it, and be happier in this fucking business. Everybody thinks you're a fucking superstar. Jesus fucking Christ. This ain't fucking real. It ain't real when you win, it ain't real when you fucking lose.
0: Wow. I mean, and you make great points, man. It's just completely different night and day how 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 the mentality is nowadays. What would you guys say to guys like maybe like the young bucks that that live and thrive off their their spots and their their you know, they are they're called spot monkeys to begin with, right?
1: Well, first of all, if anybody can make money in this business, God bless them more power to them. Especially smaller guys. And guys have pushed the envelope, but what, what what they were done is there's no real wrestling bosses anymore. Uh, it's like uh, the wrestling companies are not run by wrestlers. It ain't like Tampa was run by Eddie Graham. Atlanta uh, was with fucking Holy, Bill Watts, Chris Von Erich, Bob Geigel, Vern Gagne, uh, Jerry Jarrett, Ron Fuller, uh, stuff like that. They're uh, corporate people or entertain uh, a television company or somebody. It, but to get bad, it'd be like when WCW was hiring to pizza king, Jim Hurd, or uh, a lawyer or somebody as a boss. They don't have, they don't have a clue about it. So uh, the guys in the old business, they were 20-year wrestlers. They understood it. They policed their own fucking uh, uh, territories now uh it's like tampa eddie gray would have all this great wrestling but he would throw the old cheek in there and have a violent batch but he'd put him on second but the territory was built on solid wrestling and not bullshit. and it used to be a big deal to hear a guy talk on you'd have like three two-minute promos during the thing and to hear the guys actually talk wow and now you have to listen to them talk and talk and talk and talk but that's not their fault and it's not the guy's fault that they don't understand this old style wrestling because hell that shit was destroyed as soon as WWE took over, uh, so it, it's a whole new ball game. Do I watch it? No. Somebody might send me something on my phone or something, which I'm doing a great job at dialing and uh, and getting Twitter <laughs> or whatever. But most of the shit I don't have a fucking clue how the seven bitch works. So I have to get some. I usually have to get some first grader. Hey, how do you do this? You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: Shout out to Skype. <laughs> yeah, so
1: I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, no who this shit? Uh, but I get on a roll about you know. And 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 the thing I'm telling you is, it's not the young guys' fault. Now I teach guys where going an hour is no big deal. i had a couple guys do and I got uh, do two hour matches called in a ring and have it make goddamn sense but and i said now what i teach you most of this stuff if you can learn this you're going to be so much better than everybody but if, if you work with somebody else that i've taught that's fine but you get out here in the in the real fucking world of indie darlings they don't know how to fucking do none of this shit and they can't call it the goddamn ring and they wouldn't have a fucking clue if they could call it the goddamn ring All they're worried about is getting their fucking dives in and 92 flips. Now, just think of this. Now, uh, I'm a babyface, right? I got to get all my big moves in. Great. The heel just keeps kicking out on one as a rib. Then he beats you in the end. So you can't get any weaker than that, can you? You get all your big moves in, and the heel beats you. So in other words, you ain't worth a fuck. That's something nobody ever thinks about. But that ain't my fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> wrestling, okay. Mountain Dew, the uh, Mountain Dew's good. They don't mess with it. The wheels good. They don't mess with it. Colonel Sanders is good. They don't mess with it. But Everybody tries to tinker and change wrestling. So if you can go out there and do stuff like Dick spots, which I'm totally against. You know, I I I don't like. Uh, now I'm strictly old school. Okay, and we know that. So, but I can't, uh, I, I just can't buy a dick spot, okay? I can't <laughs> buy, I, I can't buy intergender matches at all. None, zero. Now, years ago, I would see the 300-pound girl wrestler, Heather Feather, taking on Las Vegas Louie, you know, the the manager that couldn't wrestle and stuff like that, and that would be like a comedy thing or something. But if I would have an intergender match, I'd have the girl, uh, the girl get squashed in about 30 seconds, and that'd be it. Then the heel be... Continually uh, putting a hold on it, and then some babyface would come in and make my save, and there's the program. Because a guy against girl in every fucking sport is fucking, it's bullshit. You know what I mean? I can't help it. I ain't changing. I ain't changing. That's like that's like when they have a that's like when they have a fucking phony ass gauntlet match, right? A gauntlet match. I'd have okay. The babyface sneaks over the first guy. The second guy kills you because you're tired. Then the rest guys take turn killing you because that's what will right. really happen. That's what would really happen, and I know he said, "Oh, you're trying to make it too real." Yes, I am. When I do, when I do finishes the show, all of a sudden people become old. All of a sudden people think, "Well, that's real." No, we sell each other.
0: Right, that's a better feeling than leaving a wrestling show, believing that you know they sold so well, well enough that that it was it looked real enough.
1: Hell, I went hell when I went to goddamn Rocky movie, and I saw some bitch how many times. Every time he's selling, I'm telling him to come back. Now I'm getting goddamn goosebumps. Okay. Then I'm screaming and making fucking comeback and make the goddamn comeback. Finally, the goddamn Apollo Creed takes a fucking bump, right? Boom. Holy shit. And I'm screen- standing and screaming and yelling at a movie. And Every I single
2: time. I've- yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. When you get those so you- goosebumps, the hair comes up in your fucking arms and shit. Jesus Christ. That's the way it's supposed to be. And that's yeah. the way wrestling used to be.
0: And that's the drug, right? That's, that's the addiction, no? For most.
1: Yeah, wrestling, wrestling used to be that way. At the end, if it was a hot fucking finish, you'd, people were ready to fucking riot. And they, and you motherfuckers, we ain't never come back to wrestling until next week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> everybody, now you, said, you to get your ass kicked. That's what everybody <laughs> wants to see.
0: Rib, you mentioned intergender, intergender matches. Uh, how do you feel yeah. about this theory? Uh, the heel in an intergender match, being the male, um, doesn't really have to do much to grab so much heat in this in this right. situation.
1: Right. Yeah, you gotta have the fucking. You gotta have him as the fucking heel, and he's gotta be bigger than the girl, so that you got the David Goliath thing. So you can't help but cheer for the girl, and no matter right. how much, if you want boy with her or whatever. I remember Adrian Street. They had he was wrestling Lady Maxine. Was about six foot five with the fucking heels on and the mohawk. And he cowered from her during promos. And he got the goddamn ring with her and just gave her nothing and destroyed her. And people was ready to riot because they thought the thought that they thought the girl was going to get him right. Yeah. toyed with him. Oh my God! He had so much motherfucking heat. That motherfucker was 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 picking on a fucking girl and hurting her and everything. Jesus Christ! That's, That's some shit good can be so the, the, the shit can be so fucking easy
2: So Rip, made it when's, hard
1: when's the last time that you watched
2: or were a part of a match or, or whatever that you felt those goosebumps
1: oh my god I'd have to fuck shit I'd have to fucking uh, I think uh, the, the two best matches I've ever seen I think it was uh, Rick Flair, Terry Funk I Quit match on TV Oh classic. Yeah. And then if you watch Buddy Rogers, Pat O'Connor, two out of three fall match, that's the most perfect match I've ever seen, psych- psychologically wise. Every every cover was a pin, except when Buddy Rogers got his mm-hmm. foot on the rope. Every move he instigated pretty much. It was just it was just classic, it was classic storytelling. We have we have an
0: old school Joe here with us, and uh, I'm pretty sure you've excited him thoroughly with all those matches right now. Pretty sure. I was gonna
1: ask, who's your favorite worker all time? Oh, I don't have. uh, I I had a lot of favorite workers: Randy Savage, uh, uh, Terry Funk, uh, Roddy Piper, Buddy Rogers. I always thought Rogers was the best because he was so far ahead of everybody and the stuff these other guys did they took that buddy rogers uh stick and invented gotcha pretty much pretty much invented when when he when he was the originator and everybody else pretty much (laughs) copy him but you can't get on somebody for copying uh something that's good right uh, if uh, if you're gonna uh, study someone study the best right yeah, and then because no matter what, no matter what he does, when you try and do the same thing, it's going to come off different because you got different mannerisms, different athletic ability, different physiques, and whatever. So even uh, that's like saying uh, any move I've ever done, that's not me doing; it. that's me copying somebody else from how many years ago, from what I've seen in my mind. And it wasn't like we had VCRs then or phones where you could take videos and stuff. Hell, I go down to fucking Tampa on Christmas uh spring break or christmas break from college and see their wrestling and it was totally different from the sheiks or dick the bruisers or nick goulas's and there wasn't no vcrs or nothing so i ha- i got to see this certain kind of suplex this kind of move this kind of cover this angle this television production i never seen it before in my life right this is before cable tv so uh it's a whole lot different now now you can get the best of this guy and you can steal everything there is but that's not you anyway that's just stealing moves and shit you got to get that you got to find you you got to find your fucking self for what you are you got to find your fucking character nobody can give you a character you got to reach down inside because like you're real hey you got to remember when uh, as a wrestler years ago you were acting 365 days a year almost and we weren't and when we we're in the car, we're talking promos, we're talking angles, we're talking finishes. We're never letting our hair down that I'm really Mark Shirer from Seymour, Indiana. No, I'm Rip Rogers. And the reason I'm Rip Rogers is because Frankie Kane, the great Mephisto, said I was Rip Rogers because he said I reminded him of Eddie Graham, who was the first Rip Rogers in 1955 in Texas. So I was I was on my fourth name, and I've been Rip Rogers for 40 years. But uh, uh wrestling's the world's greatest, most horrible business. You get such emotional highs, but they're followed by fucking lows. I've seen guys go fucking crazy, kill themselves, etc. But this is the business uh, I chose to be in. We chose to be in, and and everybody in it is missing the fucking card. We're all a bit fucking nuts.
0: <laughs> that's crazy. Rip, you uh, you said Randy Savage is one of your uh, favorite workers, and I knew you started out in ICW. Uh, were you able to tell back then how good Randy was going to be?
1: Well, I didn't start in ICW. Oh, no? Uh, no oh, hell no. I started <laughs> working in, in West Virginia and then met people and worked TV for Dick the Bruiser and The Sheik and Nick Gulas and WWWF. And I was working for Bruiser, and Paul Christie, who was afraid of the Popos, said they was going up to the Maritimes in 78 to promote with a meal to pray. They had television up there. So I called. He gave me Randy's number. So I called up Randy, and then him hit it off. So I was up there working with him. Then he booked me in Nashville for Nick Gulas when the season was over. Then his uh, father booked me for Frankie Kane in Mississippi. And then his brother Lanny booked me up for uh, Vancouver or for Don Owens in Portland. And then finally, uh, Randy said, Come on back. We're making these tays and starting our own shit. We got it lined up. So it was when me and Randy lived together. And then it was, uh, I got all this, his used boots, his used robes, his, his used kayfabe headbands <laughs> and whatever. And uh, he was definitely out there, but he was Jesus Christ. He was a smart, he knew fucking booking. Gotta remember. I broke into a goddamn wrestling business, and I'm not even smart for business. For he had the advantage of his, uh, of his father working, et cetera, and he was around the business his whole life, so people knew him. He wasn't intimidated. He was a real uh, pro baseball player, real athletic, real national honor society, a real smart guy. And, but he had that fucking nutcase uh, look in his eye, and he'd fight you for no reason, and that was Randy. <laughs> he, taught, he, taught me about in, he taught me about intensity. But he was a smart motherfucker, and he would do that editing, and editing himself, booking himself, and he was just a smart. He was just a really smart guy, and I just and, and he taught me not by lecturing me, but, but by just watching him and his dad, his brother. You know what I mean? And then yeah. his mother would be doing, be bleaching my hair half the time, or fixing my robes and shit like that. So without without him and his family, I, I uh I I would never. I hadn't stuck around as long had much fun and success uh that i did without the help of him and his family so uh props out to him
0: would that be considered your wrestle dad or mentor mentor i believe
1: oh yeah yeah R- yeah randy was i learned more from randy uh than anybody because you're you're it's like in baseball or anything You, you know you have your formative years of your first five years in wrestling is where you're learning most everything you know what i mean you're, you're mm-hmm. picking up the concepts, the habits, whatever. But what you need to do to get by, uh, how to steal this from somebody and update it or change it around a little bit. You want to look at as many matches as you can because you can. You're you're going to learn what to do, but you're, the most important things you're going to learn what not to do.
0: Mm. And that's really much going to help you take care of the other person more th- more so than anything, right?
1: Well, I'm just talking about stuff you do in the ring and stuff. I mean, you could do 32 things in the ring. I said, 28 of them we didn't need. Oh, okay. We didn't need it. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like you'll watch some movies, and you're thoroughly entertained, and they do a few things because you can tell what's happening. They throw the clues out there, and you're picking them up. Sometimes they throw so much shit at you that you don't understand it at all. You go, what the fuck? And you don't want to – you want to leave – You wrestling is like a movie. Here's the end of the movie. Now, what should happen during the movie? So it would make sense if you re ran it. So you, you do a finish and say, okay, here's the finish. Now called now it's called booking backwards. This is the finish. Now, now tell me a story. Show me a short movie that ends up with this. Okay, I got it. And then you watch the then you watch the other matches. Now whatever they do, don't do it. Gotcha. Right. Wrestling's supposed to be the buffet. I don't want 10 Lucha matches. I don't want 10 hardcore matches. I want one of everything. Because uh, a fan is drawn, well, this guy likes Lucha. This guy likes Tag Team. This guy likes the Battle of the Giants. This one likes the midgets. This one likes the fucking girls, right? It's like the circus coming down. So if you get enough things on there in that buffet that, that, uh, that people like, they'll come in and eat. So that's the way you look at it.
0: Uh do you think that's why there's so much bitching and moaning with WWE fans, man?
1: No, there's are bitching so- and moaning because they they bitch and the moan because Vince exposed the business. He got on TV and said it, it ain't real. He would get on tough enough and that other shit and they explained how it's done. Once the biggest, once the czar of wrestling, the king of wrestling did that, uh, there's no turning back. Yeah, there's no there's no turning back. And then what's he going to do? Get mad because uh, uh, they won't buy an angle on TV because you've told them it's all bullshit. (laughs) You know, how can you get mad by this pay-per-view? Why? Before fans didn't know for sure, did they? They thought they did. But when I when I was a mark going to the matches, I said, well, hell, I know. I know the last two matches are real after the break. (laughs) Hit them with chairs and shit and everything else and the people are throwing shit in the ring and screaming and crying and everything, but the first batches are just fucking uh, checking the program out, getting some fucking popcorn, taking a fucking piss, looking to see who's around them, and bullshitting. Mm.
2: So you don't... So it's safe to say that you don't like that they're being treated more like actors and less like wrestlers now?
1: Uh, No. uh, uh, The... uh, no, wrestlers are athletes. <laughs> <laughs> wrestlers <laughs> are fucking athletes. Excuse me. Fuck, I still train three hours. I'm sixty five years old. Got hit by a car. Got two hips, and I still train three hours a day. Wow. Uh,
0: holy That, that car that car I accident was what I, derailed I, you.
1: What's that?
0: Was that car accident what what ended your career?
1: Well, I was I was I was forty eight, and I was still wrestling, and I was teaching. And I was teaching at OBW for WWE, and this is and we're talking about the insurance thing, right? Right. So, I I had to get a job. At, I lived in Indianapolis. I drove to Louisville every day, and back. And I would go to UPS because I had to have insurance, but WWE wouldn't give me insurance, so I had to get a, another job to get insurance, right? Then when I'm working at UPS, I get ran over some with some girl that was late for work, hit and run, left for dead. Shit. That's great, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. But it oh. all comes down to they would get they didn't they didn't supply any insurance, so I had to get another job, right? So that's shit that happens. But that was a business I chose to be in. But such is life. And, right. It-
0: Unfortunate, the there's not something or somebody there to tell you or warn you, or, like you know, foresee any of these things, man. And it's just it sucks.
1: Well, we all do shit in life. That's and <laughs> that's, that's the way rip, it
0: is. Rip, you mentioned marks and you mentioned character work and all this. I gotta tell you, man, this fucking guy mischief, man. If there was ever a mark, I it's this fucking guy. Um, talk about gimmick infringement. Uh, this guy is the epitome of Rip Rogers or the wannabe. Uh he wants he he calls himself a teacher and now he wants to start reading wrestling books on how to learn how to fucking wrestle. Uh what would you what would you tell this fucking guy? Like can you like tell him something? Like rip him a new one here, bro.
1: Well if you know your uh if you know your shit, there ain't nothing nobody can say about it. I've seen a lot of guys in this business, and they were all trained differently. It's like me. I didn't go to a wrestling school. I wasn't trained. I bought my goddamn cheap-ass boxing boots, my K&H specials, uh, all my, my ring gear and stuff, my five-o trunks and stuff, bullshit my way in. Had my first fucking matches. They was telling me to go over. Like, go over what? When you get the pencil, go home. <laughs> when I get the pencil, go home. What the fuck? You know what I mean? And that's a goddamn that's a goddamn hour show in itself. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 and it's like the, and it's like today's wrestlers. You'll go in and they'll be everybody will be in the rat in 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 a ring. I never got in a ring in in my fucking life as far as going over a match. You know what I mean? Right. I mean. Now, now, like if I was doing a TV match and I was working a special TV match, I said, okay, you want to get this, 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 and this and They say, yeah. I said, okay, uh, let's do a match. They don't want a competitive – you register, but don't sell. Don't worry. I'll keep you live. I'll give you the Iggy to come on back or whatever. If they don't want you to sell, they want you to register. Uh, and then I'd lead a guy to a goddamn match. And I said, you want to get this? He said, no, I got a sore show." I said, okay, we won't do that. I said, but just just listen to me. We'll have a good time out. I won't make you look fucking stupid, you know. Well, that's like uh, I used to have guys tryout matches for WCW. Uh, I was real tight with Ole Anderson. As a matter of fact, he let me. Uh, he run. I ran developmental towns for them around 1993. I think it was. Uh, and when I was in, uh, when I was overseas in Austria and Germany, uh, got Max Payne a job and got. Uh, Steve Riggle, a job in WCW when I was over there in uh, Germany and Austria working for uh, Big Auto in, in 92. Uh, but I love working for Ole. I love working for Bill Watts. All they did was they didn't bullshit you. They didn't lie to you. They just told you the fucking way it was. And uh, Ole cuss shit between between Oli and Randy Savage. I learned to say fuck every other word. And say <laughs> like, I say a few I don't I don't even know that I'm goddamn saying it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's that's the way they talk. You know what I mean? So uh, at least I picked some good role models and guys that had some brains and were very successful in this business uh, to look up to and to try and steal some ideas of and copy them and see what see stuff. That, if it didn't work, try to figure out what. That's like I tell everybody. I said I was the worst wrestler in the history of fucking wrestling. Because I wasn't, I wasn't scared to fail. But now when I tell you to do something, I can let you – you could do this thing, and you can fail 100 times in a row, or I can tell you the secret. But you're not going to be content when I tell you the secret until you fail those 99 times because you think I'm going to lie to you bullshit. You know what I mean? But that's See, like I, when uh, – I've had 65 people get jobs with WWE that that started in a beginner's class at OBW like Santino, like Armando Estrada, like, uh, uh, like Serena, uh, who's uh, uh, at the Performance Center now a, a as, as a women's coach. But I had all these guys come in. JTG was one. Uh, Abraham Washington was one. Uh, Mike Mondo and Johnny Cheater, the Spirit Squad, they came in. And uh, i teach them a certain style, and they got all these funny jobs. And I tell you, once you learn this shit, you'll never fucking forget it. But, with, but when you get up there, just shut the fuck up and do as you're told. If the boss says, do this, this, and this, do nothing else. John Cena can work. John Cena is a great worker. But because Vince McMahon says, John, I want you to wear this. This is your song. I want you to do these moves. Cena says, thank you very much. And he's worth about $50 million. Correct?
0: Right.
1: <laughs> all you gotta, fuck all you yeah. gotta do. All you got to do is do as you're fucking told. Everybody – no. If I'm the boss, this is what I want you to do. As long as you do – as if, if if you do what I tell you that it didn't work, that's on me. That's not on you. You're just doing as you're fucking told. If I'm a goddamn pitching coach and I said I want you to start out with the hard stuff and they start fucking jacking you right away, I said, oh, I should have started with the fucking breaking shit. You know what I mean? That's all you know, it's okay, we're gonna we're gonna force it into goddamn Shaq. No, he's gonna kick it out, we'll shoot for threes. Whatever no, we're gonna we're gonna start out with fucking blast plays in football. We're gonna pass block for a half second, and then we're gonna fucking run the ball. I was a fucking real a real coach, football coach. So uh was always in athletics and shit. One fucking two bodybuilding contests clean against all the fucking steroid motherfuckers. Got in twelve and six, 16 or eighteen much was is fucking impossible. Don't give a fuck. You only got one fucking life. Do what you goddamn want. Anybody don't – don't. And remember, in fucking life, everybody loves you until you start doing better than them. And they'll <laughs> knock you because they, they fucking settle and work a goddamn a real fucking job because they didn't have enough fucking balls to put their life on the line and do what they fucking wanted to do. I don't give a shit what you want to do. If your job is fucking to go to Hollywood, go to goddamn fucking Hollywood and try and fucking make it. Fuck the motherfuckers at the factory. They gave up. Fuck that. You got one fucking life. You got one fucking prime time in your life. I, I, I see these guys, and all of a sudden they said, "No, I fucked up. I fucked off." And then I tried to come back, and it's too fucking late. I said, "Well, I preach that every day. Eventually, you figure it out." But you know, there ain't there ain't no law against being stupid. People are allowed to make <laughs> fucking mistakes. That's the way it is. And when you're and hey, and when you're in your twenties, you're so fucking stupid. Jesus Christ! God <laughs> made you so you're, you're you're physically fit. The girls are so fucking hot. The boys are fucking studs. And they're just stupider than fuck. <laughs> <laughs> with, with that being said,
2: what is you know you're you're always training and you're always teaching. What is the like piece of advice that you feel like you give out the most, or that you feel like everyone needs
1: to hear? Don't give up your dream. Don't give up your dream, and it and you can train every fucking day. Just don't be fucking lazy. I don't care if you jump down and do a set of 50 push-ups and 100 fucking squats three times a day. Just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. And just think if you're a boss. If I'm a boss and I see a fat guy, I say right away, this guy ain't got no discipline. If he ain't got no discipline, when the when the going gets tough, he's gonna fold for me. He's gotta have that fucking candy bar. No. You, you fucking you don't live to eat. These motherfuckers eat to. They're supposed to eat to eat to live, not live to eat. <laughs> but anyway, whatever yeah. your dream is, don't give up on that motherfucker. You know, just fucking give it your best. The thing about it is, if you if you don't if you don't make it, you still got all these wonderful memories of trying. Right. Shit, I tell all these guys, I said, look, all these guys are starting. You're gonna look back, and you're gonna find the best times of your life, and you had no fucking money, sleeping on somebody's fucking floor, sharing your fucking dreams. Now you got all this fucking money, you're a miserable motherfucker, because you're worried about your fucking push. Shit, <laughs> I I just fucking don't fucking get it. Fucking marks. <laughs> <laughs> There's more goddamn marks in the goddamn dressing room than they're on the fucking stands. <laughs> Rip, who's the uh, student you were most surprised to uh, see go uh, far in the business? No, uh, I-, I can't answer that because <laughs> you're going to no, you're going to find out in the wrestling business. The wrestling business is not like the Olympics, where the top three hundred meter dash guys make the team. You can be in seventh, eighth, and ninth place, and the writers say, "Oh no, we like this guy. This guy reminds me of my cousin." This guy looks like this guy that he knew when I was in junior high, and this reminds me of when I was little. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I remember we had, we had a out of 60 guys in my class years ago, and I think they signed about six of them, but three of them, they weren't even – they weren't any good at all. So now the guys are fucking – I said, I told you this ain't real. They can choose no matter who they want, and that's the way it is.
0: That's a, that's a that's a great – I, I never thought of it like
1: that. I said, yeah, I said – well, and, and you got to remember, it's like a football draft. When guys go in, I said, look, they hire a number of blacks, Puerto Ricans, Englishmen. Everybody's – they hire certain numbers. No more than that. You don't have seven quarterbacks on a football team. The number of guys on the roster is going to be the same. But you need your blacks, your Puerto Ricans, your Mexicans, your Italians, your Canadians, your uh, white meat uh, baby faces, your South South Africans. Oh, we got, uh, we need our uh, Orientals. Then we got, hey, we got TV and in goddamn uh, 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 India now. Well, we got to have our Indian wrestlers, no matter how fucking rotten they are. And now we got TV and uh, some other fucking. Legend. Oh, well, now we touch. This is just a name. Now we got e- Egypt. Oh, we're gonna run Egypt. So now we got all these fucking Egyptians. We gotta have has never seen wrestling in our goddamn fucking life. So now, how shitty is the v- business gonna be? Now we got these pro fucking wrestlers that ain't worth a fucking shit. But they're heroes. <laughs> got, but they're heroes because the people they don't know and marks don't know who's good or or not. It's fucking real. Only the boys yeah. know.
2: To that point. To that point. Um OVW, uh Al Snow just announced that he's gonna be doing a combine and he wants to treat it more like, like an athletic event, and the winner of the combine quote unquote gets drafted or um gets offered a two-year scholarship at OVW. What do you about what do you think about things like that that make it feel more like a legitimate competition? Um he tests things like well, bench press and verticals and all that.
1: Well, you gotta look at it. Al's throwing a lot of shit against the wall and see what sticks, right? Right.
2: <laughs>
1: he's trying. He's trying to think out. He's trying to think outside the box, right? Hey, in you know, in my estimation, the way I am, but I'm old. Almost 99% of the shit WWE does is total horse shit. When wrestling just had wrestling, did they had a tag team match or something? Oh, now we got a money in a bank. We have ladder matches. Stuff is people accepted, but to me was when they come in just total horseshit. I mean that's like that's like, oh well, you got the XFL. How long did that last for people saw through that bullshit? <laughs> Four weeks. <laughs> it's his buddy, you can burn it at once, right? Right.
2: You know. That's
1: true. So uh, Vince definitely knows how to make money. Well, that's like the TV. Uh, there are all those on TV, he knows that. But they get so much money from TV, the goddamn house shows don't really matter now. And if you and if went out and the markets would say, oh, no, we need more wrestling. We don't want to list the 20-minute promos. Jesus Christ, some of the workers they had, motherfucker. You, you can't – hell, I wouldn't sit through a two-hour movie, let alone a three-hour fucking wrestling program. Are you ribbing me? <laughs> and the safe guys? Are You want to see this guy go 20 minutes? Holy shit. It's fucking real. You see that shit once, you'll never want to. But the, the networks, they're paying for that two-hour show. They're paying for that three-hour show. So they got to kill time, right? Yes. Just think if you had to all hey, Just think if the Ultimate Warrior had to work a 40-minute match, what would you do? Jesus Christ. Shoot right. myself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I remember. You got to remember, the one-hour wrestling show used to be a, a one-hour infomercial. When the end of the show, they go off, oh, my God, I can't wait till next week. Now raw comes on, and let's just say it comes on at eight. So at a uh, at eleven sixteen, we'll see what's happening.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Take your phone and shit, and just see what what happens.
0: Yeah. Rip. But anyway, what what advice anything. would you give Vince is, about today's ratings war that he's so concerned about? I mean, you say that he's the the boss is, is says it's law, right? And he says what goes. A lot of people are saying that he's out of touch and he he doesn't know what what to do with himself, but he's okay. he's you know stubborn.
1: I'm going, uh, he's, with television and ratings, he's a genius. Uh, Marks don't know anything. I don't know anything. Whatever he does, he's going to come out on top because he's a winner and he knows how to do it. That's all there is to it. Back with that, I got to get fuck off here. All, all right. right. Work. At 8 o'clock. Okay. Have a good one, boys.
2: All right. So thank you. Me. Yeah. That fucking guy is punctual. Let's get it ripped. Thank you.